Welcome to episode six of the Prep Files podcast. You are joined today by your hosts, Tyrone Felino and Amy Dorrell. Amy, welcome. How are you today? I'm well, and you can probably hear by the sounds of our voices, it's not 8.30pm at night. We are a lot more awake for this episode today. I don't know. I feel a bit more cooked than last time. I'm just post, post-training. Post-deadlifting is always fun. Um, so today's episode, we will be going through tracking macros, all things, one, how to track, two, when we use tracking, and mistakes and tips that we use along the way with our clients and also ourselves. This is, it's really a bit of a follow-on from our last episode where we discussed uh, meal plan versus macro tracking, what apps we use, how we use them, when we use them for clients, and just some tips because there are a lot of things that we see that happen and we there's a lot of, there, there can be a great margin for error. Uh, when you are tracking macros, especially through these apps. I mean, you've got one, a story straight off the bat, really, and it's it's, it's really current. I mean, it's happening right now. Tell us what happened as a, as a key example of tracking poorly or not, or just mistake, just tracking uh, mistakes. Yeah, so it's funny because it's actually one of my competitors and throughout her prep, we had everything tracking very smoothly at the start. And just the last eight to six weeks, we haven't had any weight budging. Um, She's been feeling pretty good in the gym. Like, of course, fatigue's kicking in now the last couple of weeks of prep. But things just weren't moving as expected. So I did a bit of a diet recall and just really honed in on all the tracking and everything that we've been measuring throughout the prep. And as we went through all of her entries, I was just making sure that the entries that were correct, um, for example, protein, making sure it was raw weight, not cooked weight, and going through her different food groups. And she mentioned to me that she was tracking her carbs raw. And I was looking at the entries and the entries had cooked weight written on them. So we had actually been overdoing our calories by about 400 to 500 calories for the last three to four weeks. So instead of prepping on, I think we had her at 1200 calories, she was actually on 15 to 1600 calories. Now this very end of prep, obviously it's very crucial. A lot of the big changes are made within the last eight to six weeks. So it was a very interesting conversation that we had and making those changes from now, changing her entries from a cooked weight to a raw weight, you wouldn't think it would be a massive deal, but a good four to 500 calories. And she just mentioned that she felt like she had almost cheated her prep because her calories were nowhere near as low as what we had set them at. So it was a, a nice little learning curve that tracking, it's not as easy as it looks and there's a lot of things that can go wrong. It may not sound like it's a lot, but if you add up, you know, four to 500 calories over, you know, over seven days, it's nearly three and a half thousand calories, which. It makes sense that. You know, she was maintaining her weight this close to comp. She's a very small human. She's not very tall. So the calories that we had her on, it was pretty much maintenance. And no wonder she was maintaining her weight because she was actually eating at maintenance. Easy fix, though. Well, it's safe to say that if she thought comp prep was, you know, difficult before that, I'm pretty sure she was in in for a rude awakening after that. Yeah, she's feeling it now. Oh, the poor thing. So... When we when we are tracking macros with our clients in particular, what do you? 
I know we both like to implement generally 90% of the time, 90% of the time, there's those deadlifting feels coming through. We'll start with a meal plan and then, you know, depending on where the client's at or what their, their level is, we might venture off Either they might have a blended sort of meal plan and macros to, to begin with. Like I've got a couple of clients on that and I started a new competitor for season A next year on that. And that's, okay, this is what I list out for you. Do with it what you will. These are your calories. I want you to blend the two and make it fit what you enjoy within the parameters that I've given you at the same time. Yeah, I think with a lot of the clients that we have, we generally start with a meal plan like we touched on in our previous episode, especially if they are new to tracking food. It can be quite overwhelming. There's a lot of ways to do it. And there's also a lot of ways that it can go wrong. So starting off with a meal plan, I think, is a great way to introduce someone to tracking. So I know what I do and what you do with a lot of your clients is we make up the meal plan specific to your macros and your calories obviously alongside the client with specific foods that they enjoy. And then we get them to almost use the tracking apps as like a food diary. So it's like, okay, here's your meal plan. Now I want you to go away and I want you to actually track this meal plan into a calorie tracking app. And then we can compare and fix up any mistakes that we see. Because a lot of the time with competitors that come to us, we might be on a tight schedule. So we don't have time to just give someone macros and have them go and do what they will with them and hope that they hit their targets. That could set us back two to three weeks that we may not have. So if we've got someone on a meal plan and we already know ourselves that the calories are spot on, the macros are perfect. And if we can just get them to practice entering into the app, it basically allows them a little bit more freedom further down the track because we know what they're entering is correct. Yeah, that's it, right? And it can be very useful as a teaching tool to go alongside a meal plan. But at the same time, you know, just harboring on what you said, how in the beginning it's generally most ideal to start with a meal plan is because this, and this goes for somebody, you know, whether they're a competitor or just gen pop, I think if you give somebody too much choice to begin with, right, it just becomes a lot, all too much. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been doing this for a while. I still... As repetitive as it is, it still can be quite tedious filling in your macro, your your entries the day before. I eat the same thing 90% of the time, you know, at least Monday to Friday. But then when it gets around to Monday and I'm not copying and pasting that same day and I've got to start again. You can take a lot of time. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Or if I'm like, oh, you know what? I've switched to pumpkin this week, which FYI, Amy just informed me that if you are using Coronameter, it's Cole's butternut pumpkin. Do not put it in as pumpkin slash squash. It's an American site. So squash and pumpkin, guys, they're not the same thing. The calories do vary. They are small, but if you're eating a lot of it, it makes a massive difference. Yeah, correct. So, and you know, and that can be, those kind of things can be quite tedious, especially when you're starting out or if it is your first comp, people are best going to get the best results when they have the least amount of choices to make. And at the same time, there needs to be an element of discipline and that's what dieting is. There is a bit of discipline about it. Everyone thinks it's going to be, oh, you should be able to blah, 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 blah. And you know, it should be easy. Yes, there should be an element of ease to it in that respect. But at the same time, there's going to be an element of like, you're going to be hungry. That's just how you lose. There's no way around it. You're eating less than what your body needs. You're essentially starving your body to some degree. In order to lose body fat, you've got to be a little bit hungry because that's just how it goes. So suck it up. (laughs) And I think also with 
tracking your meal plan, you get a bit of education along the side as well. Because again, our meal plans aren't, you're just eating chicken, rice and broccoli, like every other meal plan, even though I do gravitate towards that anyway. It's being able to make the swaps with food preferences that you like. For example, someone's eating avocado for their fats and they don't feel like avocado now. They now have the education and knowledge behind them to make a direct swap for another fat choice to replace that food item. It's easy to just hit your calories But hitting your macros, especially when you're in a comp prep phase, because we know how important our fats are, our carbs, and our proteins are. So we need to be able to make food swaps that are relevant. So we're not eating no carbs for the day, or we're eating not enough protein for the day. You've got to be able to swap these food groups with something that is on the same line. Exactly. And I was, sorry, I was just laughing before because like you, there was a client looking over my one of my meals and it's like, oh, what have you got? And it was chicken, broccoli, and pumpkin. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with chicken and rice, okay? So it was, no, it was chicken, broccoli, and it was potatoes. It was potatoes. So I was like, it just made me laugh. It's like, and what is my next meal? My next meal was chicken, broccoli, and pumpkin. So yeah, that made me laugh. But I'm, I know obviously not everyone is like us and not everybody does want to eat the same thing continuously over and over, although it does become a little bit easier you tend to gravitate the foods that you like anyway again the less choice you have the easier it is and just like you were saying you know it becomes a bit of an education tracking at the same time as well as well as having a meal plan it's almost like back in the day before and you might be a bit young for this Amy, but back in the day before chrono mirrored and my fitness pal you'd have to actually read the the nutrition labels yeah that's that's before me yeah <laughs> There's a little label on the back of every food that you buy, right, with the nutritional facts on it. And you had to read it? That sucks, man. And there was nowhere to log it. This is also why I never, ever counted calories. I couldn't even add up my own deadlifts today. The weight was on my deadlift spike. Imagine me trying to add up macros and calories for the day on the back of, yeah. That was a disaster. So this is what tracking is now. It's basically just reading the back of labels, but the app adds it up and does all the multiplication stuff for however much that... You are eating, you know, for the same reason. And I think we can probably touch, we did a little bit on the different apps that we use because I know there's a lot of different ones out there and there's ones that people tend to gravitate towards. My Fitness Pal, obviously, probably being the biggest one. And the other app that we have discovered and have been using a lot as well is Chronometer. So the difference between the two apps you will notice my fitness pal if you type in say chicken for example you will get a hundred different entries with a hundred different calories and a hundred different macros so it can be quite overwhelming when you're just starting out and you don't really know what you're doing whereas chronometer is a little bit more regulated so the entries are there's a lot less of them and they've actually been entered and approved by higher up. So my fitness palette, you can create whatever entry you want. If you want your chicken to be 100 grams of protein and one calorie, you can make it that. Whereas chronometer, it is regulated. So you aren't able to create your own macros for a certain food group. It has to actually be approved. So that's sort of the difference between the two. Now, I know myself, I have been using Chronometer a lot for my clients, especially the ones that are new and have actually never used a tracking app before. 
purely because it's a lot more simple and easy to follow. Now, myself, I use my fitness pal only because I've always used my fitness pal. So it's just a normal and like what I've always done. So I've never actually swapped over, but both apps are great tools. I started off years ago using my fitness pal. And honestly, it just, I used to find it as frustrating as most people do because of the ability to put in so many random foods and the ability to put in chicken breast and hundred different versions come up. So, and, and the unregulatedness of it. Now I use chronometer now and have been using chronometer for a few years and I get all my clients on chronometer for that specific reason. Now, the fact that it is regulated and you do want to add in new foods, the difference is, is that when you add it in, you actually have to take a photo of the, the label and you have to take a photo of the nutritional label and it gets submitted before it even gets approved and put on there. But at the same time, the other reason why I prefer, I like chronometer as well is it does go a bit more in depth into vitamins and minerals and nutrients. So yeah, even on the free subscription, they still have a barcode reader, whereas MyFitnessPal has now turned that into a premium. But on the uh, on chronometer, if you go into, they've got a little daily report thing. And I'm, I mean, if I look at that, I can see how much, you know, zinc, magnesium, potassium, B1, B2, everything that I've had. It's got the whole rundown. And a lot of the supplements that, that I have are in there as well. So I can really get a good rundown and make sure that I am, you know, even though right now, like I'm, I'm in a deficit, I'm still hitting you know, at least the recommended dietary intakes daily. And that's that's very important because that's going to determine how you feel as well. And this is going back on what you you said, you know, calories are going to determine how much we weigh. Our macros are going to determine how we look at that weight. And then our micronutrients are going to determine how we feel. So above all, and this is where we it harps on our last episode of If It Fits Your Macros and the problems that lie within If It Fits Your Macros, you may be hitting your macros and your calories but if you're not getting in your micronutrients, you're probably going to feel like shit. And you're, if you don't, you probably will soon. When I mean soon, it just means that if we look under the hood and sort of you know get some blood markers and, and stuff, they're either they're not if they look good now, they're probably not going to look good later on. So that's that's one of the benefits I find of chronometer as well. And while you're dieting too, you are on limited calories, right? So you want to be eating the most nutritious food to get and hit your vitamin and mineral targets. Now, if you're just, if it fits your macros and you're eating all of those dieting, sugar-free foods and foods that aren't really high in nutrients, as you said, you're not going to feel good. And in prep, you're already tired. You're already fatigued. Why make it harder on yourself than what you need to? Exactly. Now, I think because you are the expert on you, know, you are the expert tracker between the two of us. Tell us the the biggest things to look out for in my fitness pal. There's a few things that you've told me to do with my clients uh, when they track with my fitness pal. They're just like mind blowing, blow my mind. Yeah, and I mean, basically, when I have any other issues, I'm just like, Amy, what do we do for my fitness pal if this happens? This is my thing. So, so what? So, so tell everybody what do they need to look out for? What do they need to do? Tell us the way to hack my fitness pal to make it the most beneficial and basically the most accurate. So number one, as we mentioned with my previous competitor, make sure your entries are as you're measuring them. Generally speaking, if you're a competitor, you are doing most of your entries, if not all your entries, raw weight food. Because if you cook your food, if you making your potatoes and you have prep brain and you forget that they're on and all of a sudden they're 
They're very crispy. Now they are probably 50 grams lighter than what you had expected and now your food and calories have been thrown off for the day. So first of all, make sure that all your entries are as you weigh them. So raw weight should be a raw entry. That is number one. I see that happen way too often. Number two, so when you're entering in whole foods, now these are foods that don't have a barcode necessarily. They are vegetables, proteins, carbs, anything. Write your entry into MyFitnessPal and write the word nut tab afterwards. Now, nut tab is Food Standards Australia database, meaning the entries entered through nut tab are 100% correct. So if you are entering a carrot, a potato, anything, nut tab afterwards, you will get the right entry. That's an amazing example if you're entering a carrot, but at the same time, I mean, well. It's crap. Anything's possible at that point. Yeah, well, you know. Just, Amy, so that's N-U-T-T-A-B, no spaces, right? And you you enter that. So I would put in chicken breast, nut tab, N-U-T-T-A-B. No spaces or one word. And then you look up for the entry that, that says chicken breast, nut tab, correct? Done. Same thing goes with pumpkin or beef mince. I mean, a lot of the time. So so what do, you, what do you tell your clients with beef mince? If they go to the butcher and they go, I'm getting extra lean beef mince, what do you do then? Usually with the minces, I will generally go off what the supermarkets say because what the supermarkets say in the packet is actually probably the most accurate. I haven't actually used nut tab personally for a mince per se. So I would just use, say, if you go to a butcher's and you get an extra lean mince, uh, or a lean mince, I would just type in lean mince coals, lean mince woolies, and you generally get a pretty accurate reading coming from that. Anything that's got a barcode or can be scanned, you can scan it. Just do keep in mind that sometimes when you scan the barcode, for some unusual reason, some random foods come up. I remember I scanned a protein once and it came up with pasta and it was a completely different thing than what I had actually scanned. So these things do happen, but anything that is basically a whole food that doesn't have a barcode, you can just type in nut tab afterwards. Now, you do also have the green tick approved items on MyFitnessPal. And if you can't seem to find something with nut tab written after it, you can use those green tick entries. The most important thing is that you're consistent. So whatever entry you're using, you're using it consistently. So if we run into any issues along the way, I can just say, hey, let's just reduce your rice portion, for instance. And whatever entry you're using, you're going to end up eating less than what you were before. Yeah, absolutely. Consistent and persistent effort within everything about dieting is going to be your best friend. That's pretty much my fitness pal 101, right? What do we need to look out for with Chronometer, because obviously I'm decent with chronometer. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm, you know what? For, for apps, you know, I'm even I'm even pretty good. To be fair, you can't really go wrong with chronometer. But I did mess up one thing the other day. It was one thing. So there was one. Go on, Amy. The one thing you need to look in chronometer is do remember chronometer is an American app. So some of the entries, for example, like we mentioned, pumpkin and squash. Unfortunately, they're not quite the same thing in Australia and America. Do make sure that the entry that you are putting in 
is the right entry basically. So if you're putting in butternut pumpkin, make sure you type in butternut pumpkin. Don't just search for your generic pumpkin because a pumpkin in America is a squash and they're not the same as Australian. That's the only entry I have found so far to be a little bit off. Everything else that I have used tends to be okay and they do have a lot more Aussie items in there now. I think it's gotten a little bit bigger and a little bit more well-known. So they've definitely expanded their search compared to a year ago when I was using it. It was a, a little bit more limited, but now you do have the barcode scan option and you will find a lot of the items in your Coles and Lilies are actually in there now as well. Yeah, it's definitely it definitely has improved a lot and the entries have uh, grown throughout. Key example is my Tony's chocolate is on there and every single flavor is on there. So that's all that matters. Uh, but that's one credit. Even the true protein that I use, that's on there. A lot of companies that are making sure that they get their uh, products on there as well, because it is becoming a, a, a well-known nutrition tracking app. And you know, I know especially the app that we use with our clients, they even use that on the back end as well. Yeah, it is becoming a bit more well-known, you know, Chronometer over, is coming up to be my fitness pal. And I think uh, for me personally, I do prefer it, but on respect of, you know, a lot of people have been on my fitness pal for a long time. So I think if that's what you're used to, then that's what you keep doing. And I know obviously people have paid up for subscriptions and stuff. Do keep in mind as well, another thing that I have seen with competitors is you tend to dabble in a lot of sugar-free items, whether it be sugar-free soft drinks, sugar-free lollies, sugar-free maple syrup, things like that, that we don't generally promote, but we definitely do use sparingly. They still have calories in them. As much as we would love for them to be zero calorie, some of these items still do contain calories. So even though you are using, say, a sugar-free maple syrup, do keep measuring it and do enter it into your MyFitnessPal because you could be consuming an extra 50 to 100 calories that you don't even realize. Fun fact, if you actually look at this one particular brand of sugar-free maple syrup, I think it's like four calories per serving. The problem is, and this is where a lot of people go wrong, especially when they're tracking, is the serving size of a particular food is generally a lot less than you think. 15 grams of sugar-free maple syrup that's about like two to four calories is sweet fuck all. It's like enough to taste. Correct. And then if you actually look per 100 grams, I think it's still like 50 grams of carbs or something, something like that, something ridiculous. It, but it is still quite up there. And the same thing goes with just making sure that you track well, everything really because especially sources as well. Make sure you're tracking sources. That's another one that I find creeps up, a serving size of 15 grams or 20 grams, and people just will generally put double that on the mat. I mean, it's one of those things like olive oil. The only thing that I don't like tracking, and Amy's going to laugh, Amy knows exactly what's coming. Don't track your cooking spray. No, no, measure it. Every gram counts. <laughs> if you're tracking your cooking spray, just use normal oil. Follow me on Instagram. You see more rants see, like this. See, that's the inner OCD in me that just goes off. I'm like, you track everything. That's just me. I'm OCD. I'm a little bit extreme. But hey, each to their own. But look, all in all, I think from a benefit perspective, there is a, a large benefit in tracking and using these these apps over, over a meal plan in perspective, like we mentioned last time, just for that longevity and for an educational standpoint. And also, a, you know, for when you want to swap foods out, I think more importantly, it's going to be beneficial post-comp, unless you're a robot. I think post-comp and maybe when you're in a you're in a building phase, 
but I think at the same time, you know, when it is that dieting phase, unless you're in a, there is a very small percentage of people that can get away with doing the macros. But even myself, I generally lean towards my own meal plan. Like I don't have a set meal plan and I technically I can eat, you know, whatever I like, as long as I'm hitting my macros and my total calories, but I still tend to gravitate towards similar foods. And I think also at the back end of prep, you do start tracking things like your sources and your oils and you almost get to a point where you're like, "Mm, do I want the sauce or do I want an extra hundred grams of potato? And at that point in prep, I know me personally, I'd rather 100 grams of potato over a bit of flavor. Like to me, food volume, I'll take it over sauces any day. Whereas other people are all about the taste of their food. I know that you like to add your sauces and things on your food. They're all about the taste. Whereas for me, I find that if my food is very highly palatable, then I'm just constantly thinking about it throughout the day. Like my food focus is already high. And then you're going to add flavor and amazing foods to the list. And then I just can't stop thinking about it. So I personally like to keep my food pretty, people might say it's boring and plain, but for me, that works. Pretty boring. It is boring. Like it is as boring as it can. It's pretty bland. Some people look at it and go, I don't know how you do it. I don't know why you do it. And I said each to their own, right? Your food and my food throughout prep. Yeah, we have the same ingredients, but I know yours looks like it comes from a five-star restaurant and mine looks like it's just being chucked in a pot and then on a plate, which it pretty much has, but I enjoy it. I mean, if if five-star restaurants ate out of Tupperware containers, then maybe. Well, you were a chef, so. And I am a fiend for flavor. So overall, you know, those, I'm pretty sure we've listed probably everything that you need to know about the apps. Actually, here's a good one about the apps. And I find this a lot with not only my fitness pal, but Chronometer does, does this as well, is you need to make sure you turn off the activity tracking. Yes. Right, Because what happens is a lot of the time these apps will tap into your phone or your smartwatch and they'll track how much proposed activity and proposed calories that you've supposedly burned for that day in your workout or whatever. And it will then subtract it off your calories and then say you have more to eat. And then what happens all of a sudden is you're like, oh, I've still got 700 calories to go. But really, instead of eating 2,500 calories, which has created a calorie deficit, in order for you to lose body fat, you're then eating 3,200 calories because your watch has said that you've burnt an extra thousand or whatever else. So the whole math is just out. Don't do it. Take all the boxes on MyFitnessPal and Chronometer off that incorporate importing exercises and activity and just go with the, what your coach has told you. And this goes back to why we use a meal plan to start with is because we know, again, the calories are correct. Whereas if we just gave someone their macros and they went away and they added everything in and all these functions were turned on, they'd be eating more than what they need. Whereas if they follow the meal plan and put it into the app, they can reach out to us. And we get this often where they say, hey, the numbers don't seem to be adding up. Can you have a look through? We'll have a look through and we'll correct the mistake there. And that's all like us as coaches can pick up those little things that they might not be able to see themselves. Another big one in chronometer is when you go into macronutrient settings you want to make sure that you set macros using fixed values um, so that's a custom value target so it doesn't auto correct 
um, as well. But then also when it comes down to carbohydrate tracking, you want to track carbohydrates as total carbs, not net carbs. When you type in net carbs, it takes all the fiber out of it. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It will skew your carbohydrate tracking. So just FYI on chronometer, if you go into my settings on all of them, macronutrient and energy settings, I do not have a single box ticked. And that's, like you said, that's the benefit of sticking with or having a meal plan given to you and then tracking alongside that, or even just going by the meal plan. Because at the end of the day, us as a coach knows what we want and knows what we want you to eat and what you what we should be achieving or expecting from that. And a lot of the time, you know, it can come down to a misrepresentation or some missed entries or poor tracking. But if you're in a tight timeline and you've got to get to stage, as we've said previously, the comp date doesn't move. So if time's ticking, you want to make the most of this time. You don't want to be wasting time figuring out how to track your macros. All of a sudden, four weeks has passed. You've made no progress. It's like, we don't have time for this. Let's get you on a meal plan. Let's get you tracking macros. As we go, we'll tighten things up. And there we go, no time lost. That's it, right? Sometimes there's no time to fuck around. It's just, if you, let's say you're on a, a tight 16 or 20 week prep and it's just go, go, go. Sometimes meal plan is just best for you. Just get it done. Just follow the plan, get dig deep and go with it. Just follow what everything needs to be done at the same time. So yeah, I think if there's anything else that you're struggling, anybody that's listening to this is struggling with their macros and app tracking, Address it to Amy, any of your questions, but send us a message at the Prep Files podcast on Instagram. And you bet I'll be the one replying to these. Amy will definitely be the one replying to those questions. If I see it, I'll be like, sending it straight over to Amy. But apart from the Prep Files podcast, where else can everybody find you, Amy? So you can find me on Instagram at Amy Dorrell. You can also find a question box on our The Prep Files podcast Instagram. Do leave a question there or if you have something that's specific to you, give as much detail as possible and we'll get to them in upcoming episodes. You can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Folino. That's F-O-L-I-N-O. And you can also find the both of us down at 381 Swan Street which is Enterprise Fitness, which is where we spend the majority of our days. If you do see us at any of the comps within this season B that we are deep within. Look forward to seeing you guys there. Bye. See you guys.